This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Hello, Zach here, and we have an awesome guest on the podcast today, Bob Voltman, who is the CEO of the NIADA. Bob, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm great, Zach. Thank you for having me. Let's get started. For those of us listening, talk about your previous experience in the conference convention space and what led you to work with used car dealers in the NIATA. So I've, most of my career has been spent in trade associations, uh, 36 years with, with various trade associations, and most of those working with entrepreneurs. Um, I'd been at a trade association representing third-party logistics companies, and we had had great success. I took that association from uh, about 720000 in revenue to $7.5 million from 500-member companies to over 1700 But that industry was changing. There was a lot of Wall Street money going into it. Companies were being rolled up, and they were no longer... Um, entrepreneurs, or they were more middle managers. And I wanted to get back to working with entrepreneurs. And I especially wanted to get back to working with entrepreneurs that were integral in their communities. Because I knew that coming out of the pandemic, we were going to have, we had to rebuild our economy. And the independent car dealers are so integral to their community and putting people in cars. It was just an ideal situation. And to the icing on the cake was my wife and I are both from Texas. We'd been in Washington for 33 years (laughs) and it was a great opportunity to come back home. And talk to me about what it was like to start at the NIATA in October 2020 <laughs> when the pandemic was still going on. And what was that experience like? It's crazy. I still haven't met half of my staff. Um, you know, the board, the, the interview process started on Zoom and ended in person. Um And what I told the board I would do in my first 30 days, I would conduct a listening tour. And that's what I did. I talked to about 100 people, the staff, the board, the state executives, the state board presidents, leading vendors and leaders within key constituent groups. Um, With that, I brought a report back to the board and we reorganized the staff. We developed a SWOT analysis. From that SWOT analysis over the next 30 days, we put together a draft strategic plan and the board adopted that three months in. And since that time, we've been implementing the strategic plan. And the the goal is to make NIADA more effective for the members in our states. But back to your original question, which is how did I do, how do you do this? How do you change jobs industries um, in the middle of a pandemic when nobody's traveling and Zoom? Um, Zoom it was a godsend. And, and I was Zoom before Zoom was cool. I bought Zoom at my last association in 2018. Back when you used to get sweatshirts and swag from them when you bought Zoom. And we all got used to this. We all got used to this kind of Jetson-esque interaction with each other. And so it's been very easy 
Um, I look forward to actually meeting people, but at least we get to see each other and interact with each other. Agreed. And I was going to say, we've been longtime Zoom users as well, doing virtual dealer trainings and so on and so forth. So 2021, moving into the new year, has also been a roller coaster of a year for the auto industry. Talk to me about what you've observed from your lens at the NIADA in 2021. Ah, 2021, is, it, it is. It's an unpredictable year. So Everybody was in the same boat in 2019 or 2020. I'm sorry. It hit us all cold out of the blue. We were having, we were roaring as an economy. We go into March. Everything is great. And then somebody turned the switch off and we stopped and had to like manage through 2021. That switch has been turned on, but it's unpredictable. We don't really know what it means yet. And then you add to the fact that for some reason, we decided it was a good idea to source all our electronic parts from China. <laughs> so that shut down the new car vehicles. People were holding on to cars longer. So there's this great competition for used vehicles. Um, and that is the story of 2021, at least um, these first months of 2021 is inventory and access to inventory. What are your biggest initiatives this year as an association when it comes to issues that are directly impacting used car dealerships? To make the association more important and um, useful to the members, um, we've refocused. The strategic plan refocuses our initiative on the dealers and the states to be provide more resources, more information, more education that's usable to them right now. Um, we are expanding on service, you know, not just our service, but automobile service, uh, helping dealers understand how they can add a service component to their operations, helping those that do have service components. Um, we are expanding our education and our, our 20 groups and benchmarking. Uh, we're going to develop more research and information for members. We've increased our advocacy in Washington, D.C. by hiring full-time D.C.-based staff. Uh, for the first time ever, NIADA is meeting on a quarterly basis with the Consumer Finance Protection Board. And for the first time ever, NIADA is on Capitol Hill and at the regulatory agencies every day. So, you know, in Washington, we have a saying, because I'm from, I spent 33 years in Washington. We have a saying, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And NIADA <laughs> is now at the table every day. Um, so those are huge initiatives. We've got to help our state organizations become stronger in their service to the members. So that's what's all outlined in our strategic plan. So for the dealers listening, discuss the importance of not only joining a state level association, but the national association and how it could help them be more successful. Number one, it's information. You know, 
everybody has a unique business. No two dealerships are alike. But what you experience is alike. And that network of being able to share experience, share ideas in a safe environment is essential. Information, what's worked for other people, what hasn't worked for other dealerships. You you only get that from an association. Then you have advocacy. Nothing can affect your business faster than bad public policy or a bad regulation. And we're your voice to do that. Um, And there's also professionalism. People look at associations as a way of legitimizing, certifying uh, the professionalism of the entity they're dealing with. Do you want to go to a doctor who wasn't part of the American Medical Association or their, their subset? Do you want to go to a lawyer who's not part of the American Bar Association? You want to go to a vet or any, any you know, go down the list. So information, education, advocacy, legitimacy, and professionalism. Those are the reasons you join an association. And all of those add to profitability. Those are some great reasons. And I want to kind of shift gears now and talk to you about a couple of hot topics in the auto industry right now. So we'll start out with online dealers like Carvana and Vroom and their new kind of online first model. What are your thoughts on these disruptors? I think they're going to have more impact on newer vehicles. Um, so I think they, they'll have um, they'll have more impact on the franchise dealers and the independent dealers who are selling newer vehicles. Um, you know, the idea that you're buying a car without ever seeing it or touching it or driving it seems odd to me. I think so. I think it's I think it's something we have to watch, but there are ways we can help the independent dealers compete. I'm a firm believer that small can be big every day of the week through service and strategy. So what is Carvana selling? They're selling delivery of the vehicle. We can help do that. Um, they're making it easier to buy online. What we found out during the pandemic, you know, so Bank of America did a study early on this year, and they they said we had 10 years of evolution in three months hmm. in 2020. Um, if you didn't have a business continuity plan in March, the beginning of March of 2020, you sure as hell did by the end of March of 2020. Um, we buy everything online now. So we don't want to spend a lot of time in the dealerships. You know, when you talk to people about what they like and they don't like about the car buying experience, it's how much time it takes. Well, that can all be streamlined. That's what Carvana is selling is that streamlined service we can help the dealers do that. And that's what we're working on. 
I think you hit the nail on the head. It's basically the customer buying experience. That's what's been brought into the spotlight through the pandemic. And a lot of the online used car dealers, they have higher price points than your average independent because they're selling that experience. And I think your point around they're selling newer inventory is really important as well. Because if you're buying a vehicle with 100,000 miles on it, you might want to test drive it um, first and not buy it sight unseen online. Right. So when you talk to the when you when I talk to our members and you know they're doing they're buying vehicles online from the, the auctions, they want to hear it. And they said that's what they were missing. Is they they weren't able to hear it. You know, for consumers, it's a it's a touch, it's a feel. It's not just because it's a red vehicle. <laughs> Very true. So another futures question. What are your thoughts on EV vehicles and their potential impact on the traditional dealer model or even the service model? Um, I think EVs, I think the chap, final chapter on EVs is a long way from being written. Um, I think that government is skewing the marketplace and without good reason. So... It takes a lot of energy and chemicals and water to build batteries. And then what are we going to do with those batteries when they wear out? Why do we replace our, with the virtual background, you can see, but I just held up my iPhone. Why do we replace our phones? Well, one, they run out of memory, but two, the battery stops holding a charge. Hmm. What do we do with all those batteries? So there's a lot of public policy things that we have to discuss. And I think the the jury is still out is on, is this the best technology or our fuel cells or something we haven't even thought of yet? When, when, when cars were coming out in the early days, we had gas diesel, electric, steam, you know, the Stanley steamer was a great vehicle. You didn't jump in it and go to the grocery store. You had to plan ahead to get that steam up, but the marketplace sorted it out. And, you know, here in the U S gasoline and the internal combustion engine won out in Europe, diesel won out. Um, and if the marketplace was allowed to, to sort through the EV vehicle or the hybrid, um, I think it would be a slower process. Uh, and, and e- but even at that, if you ask people who have purchased an EV vehicle, are you going to purchase another one? I believe that answer is no. <laughs> so... They're a little bit of a parlor trick. And I think the market is going to sort itself. But dealers have to know how to, if they're going to sell them, they have to know how to service them. Good point. And let's move on to the rest of 2021, back to the present. What are your predictions for the used car marketplace for the second half of 2021? And what's coming down the pipeline? Well, as we know, because the economy was roaring at the beginning of March 2020, 
it's coming roaring back. Um, the fundamentals were there. We had unbelievable low unemployment, uh, record levels that had not been seen since the 50s. Um, there was a lot of pent up demand during the recession, during the pandemic that is going to come back. Uh, people are going back to work, whether it's in their homes or back to offices. They want to spend money again. They want to travel again. Um, I think the only thing holding the auto industry back is supply. People held on to vehicles longer. Um, I believe the figure I saw was that the average age of a use of a vehicle now is 12 years. Um, so they held on to them longer. Um, and there's fear, like those people who buy newer vehicles who might be more likely to trade them in and get a new vehicle, they've been reluctant to do that because there are no new vehicles to buy. Uh, so I think as soon as the supply issue sorts itself out, um, Detroit is building again, um, that it will begin to modulate by the, as we move through the summer. But I think the economy is good. Supply is going to modulate and figure itself out. And um, the future continues to look good for dealers. And I truly believe that as the economy heats up and as interest rates grow again, when the Fed stops pumping money, what they call qualitative um, easement, when they stop pumping money into the marketplace, interest rates are going to go back up and people are going to be priced out of new cars and they're going to be in the new car space. So I really believe we are, we are in a new age, a new renaissance for the used car industry. I'd love that. And lastly, anything exciting you want to announce or mention about the upcoming NIADA conference? And also, what was that process like securing a venue and setting up an in-person event kind of post-pandemic? Oh, it was so the when, the when the board met in person in February, they were very clear. They said, we will have an in-person meeting this year. And my staff and I were very clear saying, okay but it can't be in June. We needed to get these vaccines going. We needed to get to the point we are right now where people are comfortable. They're, they're going around uh, without masks on. Um, you still have to wear them on the airplane, but even that, I, you know, I just flew yesterday and, you know, yeah, you're supposed to wear it, but you can eat, you can drink. People are more comfortable. So we pushed it out. Normally we meet in June in Las Vegas. We couldn't, we didn't feel comfortable. June was just like too soon. So we looked at every available venue because every national trade association was doing the same calculation. How do we move our meeting to the late third quarter or early fourth quarter? So we, we did a search. We found every available hotel that we could fit in. We put them up on the board. We chose San Antonio in August. So what's new besides being in San Antonio in August? Um, for the first time in ever, I think, we have education developed by dealers for dealers. Our education is going to be by track. 
retail, buy here, pay here, service, general. Our learning outcomes are going to be defined. If we tell you this is an advanced class and somebody comes out and starts saying that a car has four tires, everybody's disappointed and that speaker won't be back. So we're defining the outcome that the dealer can expect in a session. We're also introducing, besides those traditional sessions where you have a speaker or you have a panel of speakers, we're also introducing micro sessions. 20 to 30 minutes, single speaker, single topic, informal sessions designed to provide the dealers with ideas they can put to use immediately to make money. And we're calling that the service bay. Um, so that's the exciting stuff that we're doing. Plus the very fact that we, we're getting back together again. Um, it, I can't wait. I can't wait to meet the dealers um, and get back to live meetings again. I can't wait either. I'm going to be there too. It's going to be so exciting. Finally, NIADA live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's going to be it's going to be great. And registrations are running in line with those of 2019. Awesome. So we should have a good crowd. Well, Bob, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Used Car Dealer podcast. I know the audience is going to love this content. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Zach.